God, but different characteristics in which it displayed when these names um, were brought about because of the things he was doing in the earth at different times. And when he was doing them, these are the particular names that were associated and assigned to him. Um, and they were referred to him as God. So we know that Jehovah Jireh by providing. So as I talked about Jehovah Rai, God might heal. So um, so these different uh, places um, and different attributes about who he is is what we will be talking about. We're going to break them down <coughs> and introduce you to them. And so through my introduction tonight, talking about the character of God, I want to talk about John 17, verse 6. And uh, it says, I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me out of the world. And they were yours. You gave them to me. And they, and they have kept your word. That's verse 6, verse 8. Why have you, well, I have given to them the word in which you gave to me. And they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you. And they have believed that you sent me. This is Jesus talking, having that conversation in John chapter 17. In fact, I love John 17. It's the one uh, chapter many of us have talked about, which is the Lord's Prayer. And we talk about, you know, um, the, the Lord's Prayer that we know out of Matthew. But this is the Lord's Prayer, John 17, where we talk about, because this is where you hear him say, and I pray, and he's praying, and he's talking to the Father. And having a conversation. Uh, for those of you that understand, it's in red, red letter, Mission Bible. That's Jesus speaking. And so here he said, uh, for in verse 8, for I have given them the word which you have given me, and I have given them, they received it. And they have known surely that I came forth from you, and they have believed that you sent me. Verse 26, and I have declared to them your name, and I will declare it. And with the love which you have loved, may me may be in them, and I in them. And then, so we know uh, them and me, he and me, and I and him, brings us back to John chapter 15, divine, being connected. And so here again, it's clearly talking about the connection that he has given and speaking his word and his name. In Deuteronomy 32, uh, 1 through 4, give ear, O heaven, I will speak. I will hear, O earth, the word of my mouth. Verse 2. Let my teaching drop as rain, and my speech distill as the dew, as raindrops in the tender earth, as the showers of the grass. In other words, proclaiming the name of the Lord, proclaiming his character, and sharing these words is what we're doing. And I think scripture after scripture um, that we can share um, in reference to this. And so I want to talk to you tonight really start to build a foundation for many of you that may have missed this portion. And so I think um, teaching and learning and knowing about the attributes, the character of God uh, is so, so important uh, than what we know about going to church and having church. And I think we played church, but we didn't know that the church was called the Ecclesia, the called out one. It wasn't a building, it wasn't a place, but it was the people. And so here, God always intended to give revelation knowledge to his people. It says in the scriptures, for my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. 
And so tonight, our goal uh, of henceforth is to continue to impart knowledge into you about our God. And so, and you can weigh it out measure for yourself through the scriptures and through your time in prayer with God. So it says, from the beginning of creation of the earth, God has revealed himself to his people by appearing at the point of their need. And so God is still in the, in the God's business, and so he's making himself out to be seen from his death through his word. And so invariably to identify himself with Eastern times and names are descriptive of the divine attributes, and that's what I was talking about, that were desperately needed at the time. So when we see him, uh, and let me just go back a minute in some of those names, particularly too, by the way, when you see the names uh, with uh, El in front of him, uh, El Elion, El Elohim, those are times when he was showing his strength and his might, and he came in a mighty way, and that's exactly how the people saw them, saw him at that particular time and for their need. And we're going to break, we're going to, as we go further into the study, we're going to get into it, break it down. I really want to lay the foundation tonight, lay it out where kids understand it here, um, the scriptures, or the, the description of the scriptures and of our God and character. Amen? Mm-hmm. And so, the word Lord, or God, has a much richer, deeper meaning in the original language. Uh, in the original language, the Hebrew name of God not only identifies the supreme being of being our Father, but reveals and describes His nature, His attributes, and His characteristics. So this is so important. And so we know to the point His name was so uh, 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 holy uh, in the in the sense the people were very. Uh, Act to not even say it, you know. Uh, so they were they were afraid to say uh, Yahweh. They were afraid to even use it because they didn't want to use it out of context and inappropriate. But again, it was their lack of knowledge of knowing Him and a relationship with Him. So the revelation of God Himself is made in connection, in some particular case, to His people. This is the time when God reveals Himself in His name, and so we're going to get to know the character of God the names of God. And so we're going to break it down and let me be clear that we are not talking about different gods. We're talking about one God, one King, one Lord, one Spirit. And so he said in his name, I am, and that's my favorite one. I am everything you need. That when he says that I am, um, Moses says so to what should I tell Pharaoh? Who was sent? What who should I tell him his name is? He said, tell him that I am ascension. And he knew clearly what I am meant. And it was amazing because I want to share with you, Pharaoh's heart was hard and God knew it. He hardened it. But Pharaoh knew exactly who God was. A heathen knew who God was. Okay, now he also believed that because he was king and he was Pharaoh, he thought he was greater. But you know, he soon found that out that he wasn't. So listen, his name, I am, everything you need. That is why in the unfinished word, that this shows that God can take care of the need. By learning exactly what the name means, we will have an assurance that he has met the need of others, and he will surely meet our needs. God is not a, a, a respected person, neither can he lie. So we know he's not a human. But he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and 
Hebrews 11, 6 tells us, it is impossible to please God without faith, but he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So I'm encouraging you tonight to tune in and stay in with me week after week because if you seek God, the more you seek him, the greater you get to know him, there are abundance of benefits that will come into your life because you will start to discover who you are, what your purpose is, what your destiny is. You will start, all these things will start to be unraveled in your life and you'll get clarity because he wants you to know. He's been clear in his word. He's talked about the mystery of the word he wants to share with you. By the way, mystery means it was hidden, so it's kind of secret, right? But he didn't hide it from you. He did it for you. That's a big difference. Because this is important. And so as you see him, he will start to reveal. That's what I like about our God being a re-God. He starts not only uh, as he restores, but he will bring revelation. He will reveal who he is and he will reveal the word. That's why you can't exhaust the Bible as well. Because it will continue to speak to you. There's revelation after revelation uh, in the scripture. Okay, but he reveals it for what it needs to be in the time that you need, which is exactly what I am means. Amen? And so when we learn who he is and what he will do, we can be totally confident. See, that's what it's that total confidence. That's where your faith has to get to a place of confidence. That you are sure, that you are sure. By, by the way, I like to say when your faith um, transforms uh, into trust that it now moves to a whole other category, right? And so that's what we need to be, that confidence entering into your rightful heritage. Knowing that he is the God and he cannot change. And we, we can ask and know that he will be that he's given us up. I can ask and know that according to his word, it can be given to us. So it's important that we understand that we know his character, but I want to be clear. I am not talking about God being a genie. There is no rub on him to get three wishes. Okay, I'm talking about acting in faith, knowing that God is able and capable to do what he says he can do, to line it up, so that you can be who you said he wants to be with this day. He desires for you to be in life to accomplish his purpose. It's by his will. In other words, he has a plan for our lives. For his will. Everything God does is on purpose and for his purpose. And so knowing the character is so, so important. James 2 9. But if you show yourself partial, you commit sin and are convicted by the law of the transgressor. So, you know, he needs you to be sold out and committed. Hebrews 13 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's a no, scripture after scripture that I'm going to share tonight, because why? I want you to be backed up. I want you to be prepared. I want you to be totally confident in the Word of God. This isn't something I'm making up. This is in the Word of God. It can be supported by it. Hebrews 11, 6, I just shared with you. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder. Then the diligence of Reward you with what? You remember he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God? That's in Matthew 6 33. Seek ye first the kingdom. 
and all of his righteousness. And then he said, I would add all these other things to you. You know, this, this is a part of stop there for a minute because so many of us are taking time or taking lots of time out of our day and our life just asking for God to give us stuff. God bless me with this. God bless me with that. And Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. My name is Jimmy. And so, I, you know, I want to say we're, we're doing God a good service. He's capable of giving you all those things. My question is, what are you doing with it? Are you helping to fulfill purpose and destiny to be given to you? And so, it is imperative that we line our will up to get in alignment with God so that we can follow the word of God. Now, you can be first partaker of all those things that he put in your life. Those things that he adds to your life. When he adds them, you can live on them, you can live with them, but you could also, it could also be attractive to share them with other people to get it to the place, to get their attention, to get the word in them. And so that's one of the things that's important. And so James 4 2. Don't allow your lust and do not have. Do not murder or be covenant and cannot contain. You fight and war, and you do not have because you do not ask. In other words, don't be, don't get into this thing, lusting after things, or covenant after things that other people have. But again, if you know the character of God uh, and knowing him as Jehovah Jireh, he can be your provider. You know, I'm actually a big pet peeve of mine to really see people live below their their, their, their God-given birthrights and where they should be is because they don't know. And when they don't know, what you don't know, you won't ask. By the way, what you don't know, you can never become. If you know it, you can become. But if you don't know it, you can never become. And so I need you to know, and I, I use this one. I, I say, you know, Harry and William uh, were both born to uh, the Queen Diane. And when they were born, the moment they were born, and I used them when they were born in my time, in my era, okay, but when they were born, they were able, the moment they were born, they were told they were princes, and they had the, the, all of the things around them to help guide them uh, in life, to pamper them, and treat them as the prince, that one day they would become king. It's a possibility, okay? Now, we understand that, but I want to share with you, you kings and queens, but nobody told you. And I want to tell you that God is sitting. So knowing the character of God could get me into my kingship or get me into my priesthood or my, my, my um, understanding that I'm a prince and get you into your into understanding that you're a queen and made in, 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 in work, in progress. Okay? And so over and over the scriptures are full there and I wanted to share that. So um, even... I want to leave, uh, you know, continue on and talking about some things tonight. We'll, we'll probably get into a couple of the areas uh, before my time is up. But I want to throw out a couple of questions at you, too. Why did the Lord say meditate day and night on his word? That's the question I'm asking you, and I want you to think about it. But, but it's clear, it's in the scriptures. He said, I want you to meditate on my, my, my word. Night and day. That word meditate means to mutter. And I don't know if you know what, uh, you can imagine a cow. When a cow is chewing hay, that's muttering. And when you mutter, I wonder, anybody ever think about how a cow could be as big as they are and all they eat is hay? You know why, though? That hay that they do eat, 
they get all the nutrients out of it because they break it down to its smallest denominator. They break it down, they butter on it, they chew it up, and when every piece that goes in their body is valuable to their body to strengthen and grow. And so I want us to, I want you to get prepared to meditate on God's word. And so, you know, and and if you're willing to be obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I could I could proudly say that or be confident in making that, that statement, which is in the word of God in Isaiah 119. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I told you you would be first partaker, but many are missing out on that because many do not know or understand their relationship with God. They don't have one. You know, they're fans. But again, I want you to get to know the character of God. And that's what we're going to be doing in the coming weeks. And so, having that opportunity to break it down. You know what? Is God truly our Father? And the answer is yes. It's a very beginning God. So there's times and times that you recall that when God, in the unity of his nature, through abiding equally in the three divine persons, dwelt alone. In the beginning, there was no heaven. Where is his glory now? Particularly manifest, there was no earth to engage his attention. There were no angels to sing his praises. There were no universes to uphold his word. And there is nothing and no one but God. And that not for a day, a year, but for the ages, but from everlasting, during the past eternity, God was alone. And he self-contained, self-sufficient, self-satisfied, and in need of nothing. God was under no constraints, no obligation, and no necessity to create, but he did. Had he, had he so pleased, he might have continued alone for all eternity without making his known, making known his glory unto anyone. He is perfectly blessed by himself. Let me make that clear. But what he did, he spoke. He spoke into the universe. They created a universe and things started to form as he spoke. And when he directed the spirit, and things came. Okay, and so, but the one thing I want to say is in the creation of the, in, and we know in the sixth day, he, he truly created, he created man and he created us in his image and in his likeness. And that was very, very significant because in this, he said, this is very, very good. He put emphasis on it. It's the only thing out of the six things he made or created that he made in his image. Everything prior to that he made, but he made for this thing he made on the sixth day to be in place. So let me make sure you understand what I'm just saying. Had he not done everything he did before, let there be like the sun, the moon, and created the waters and let the waters separate from themselves. He created the trees, um, trees bearing herbs and fruit. The trees produced oxygen, but the trees also produced fruit, uh, food. He took the water and separated the waters from the waters. What waters did he separate? Well, we have the ocean, and then we have rivers and seas, right? Well, in the ocean, there's salt, salt water. You can't drink that. So he separated the water, but there's a water that now flows and grows that we can drink. And so he, everything that we was produced prior to us ever even being created. That's a loving God. 
created us in his image, he gave us the ability to create on his, to do, create from what he already created. So you know there's nothing new under the sun. So man can't create anything. Everything we're exposing at is because we're discovering. But where has it been? Here already, in the earth. All we're doing is unveiling it. But again, the more I get to know God, the more I get to understand God, the more I get to understand that those are the things that we're capable of doing. And so, but, and then we can spend all of our time, instead of giving him the credit, we're now taking time to spend things trying to disprove that he is God. And I think, what a shame. But I want to, again, appeal to you, my brother, my sister, of getting to know God, and getting to understand the character of God, and how you have a relationship with him, and who you are, and who he is to you. Those are so important. Getting to know that, you'll get a comfortability, and you'll be able to grow. of who you are, a greater love for who you are. Because God doesn't make mistakes. Although we've had trials and tribulations and mistakes in our lives, He doesn't make mistakes. Amen. Listen, who has directed the Spirit of the Lord? Who is the counselor that is part of it? With whom did He counsel? And who did He instruct Him? And who taught Him? path of justice, who taught him knowledge, who showed him the way of understanding. God is, 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 is omnipresent, omnipotent, and all-knowing, and sovereign, all those things, that, you know, if we look at those words, we, we understand. I, I just like to say, uh, that he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing. All of those things exist in him. And he is, and that's what makes him the great I am. Amen. And I, I went to verse 26 when I told you about man. He said, God said, let us, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is talking to himself. Make mankind in our image and in our likeness and let them be complete, have complete authority. He did not give anything else prior to this authority. Do you know, you know, I think of Adam too. By the way, Adam was given complete authority understand how powerful his mind was working and in his relationship uh, as well to what God had created in him and breathing the life of God into him. He had created this living being to act on his behalf and until the fall he was acting in total obedience to God and his mind was working at about 100% far much our, our brains and minds only probably function at about 10% today. His brain was at 100%, which he, by the way, he could look at something and name it based on what God created it to be. Your name is indicative of who you are. So the animals that exist, he named them accordingly. And so he named everything. By the way, God gave him the responsibility to name trees, animals. He called them other things that they were. And I just wonder, you know, and when he got done, things had names. And they understood that. So God created man in his image, the image of his likeness. God created him, male and female. He created two models. 
Ephesians 11.1. 1. And whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things according to the counsel of his will. I, I need to stay there for a minute. Because if we're going to the character of God, please don't get this confused. In whom we also obtain an inheritance. The inheritance we have that we can declare. Let me explain an inheritance. Inheritance is something that was left by one of our uh, two, left to someone, and you are an heir, which means you have a right to the inheritance. In other words, your name, you have to be a, a family member. You have to be connected. Okay? Uh, so if he is our prophet, and he is, then if he's the owner of heaven and earth, then that which he owns also uh, belongs to me. And he can, I can claim or he can allow me to use my inheritance. Okay? And so, let me share with you. So that inheritance, he said, being predestined. Now here's where our society has missed it. And particularly in the church, we talk about predestination. There's this belief that people can do whatever they want and they're just going to get there. That's not true. So he said, you have to work out your soul's salvation. When? Daily. So, you don't have to get so saved over and over, but you do got to continue to walk and walk with God accordingly. Day by day. And so, according to the purpose of him who worketh all things according to the counsel of his will. Whose will? His will. Not your will. So, it's his will and purpose. So, in other words, you are predestined only to be able to do what he wanted to be done with. When you choose to do what you want to do, then you won't get what you want. That's how it works. But if, when you're obedient and following a purpose and your inheritance and walking in it, then you're predestined to get the results that are going to be beneficial and a blessing to you. Amen? That's powerful. This, the scriptures is just over and over. Getting to know him. This is what we're talking about here. Having become so much better than the angels, he has an inheritance obtained more excellent than the name of we, we, we are not. So the angels are created beings as well as we were created. But angels were created in heaven. We were created in the earth. And so um, I tell people all the time, so my job is here in the earthly realm that God wants me to complete my task. Angels' job was in the heavenly realms, okay? And then one of the most decorated angels of all time, and, and he called him son as well, was Lucifer, okay? And uh, yet he got kicked out of heaven because he said, I want to be like the most high God. So doing so, and making that statement, and having that conversation with other angels who have now become demonic, so they're now demons. Those, that one-third, and we don't know what that number was, but one-third of the angels is gone. But this is what I like to tell people. One-third is not more than two-thirds. So God still has two-thirds, although he let one-third of them go, Right? Then he made him prince of the airways. Where is the airways? The airways is right over the earthly realm. And so where did we 
Where did he come in form and fashion, man? In the earth. So when we saw that form, without form and void, darkness over the face of the earth, that was exactly just like the enemy and what he does. Is anything that he was over and a part of, he perverts and corrupts or his darkness. But God came in and spoke light and put light in him and changed the world and then made man in his image and gave him the authority. Listen to this. The authority to rule over the earth. That authority is still in play, but it was given away in the garden. And so that was the only thing that the enemy could only attack them and take away when they gave it away. He couldn't take it. They had to give it. And so that authority that they released at that time was, was that's why Jesus had to come into the earth. So as we go through the whole character of God and getting into in the name of Jesus <coughs> and understanding that, we'll understand why he had to come. It makes sense to me now. So what was lost had to be regained, but he already had the plan in play because he needed to show man in our own ability and our ability to choose without God, we would fail. So I want to speak to you that are out there. Without God in your life, you would fail. So we need him in everything we do. We need him a part of who we are. Amen? And so it is imperative that he be a part of our lives. And so um, without him, we will ultimately fail. And so, these again, setting the foundation, giving you scripture after scripture to tell you about how God wants to be. You know, he's laid this out uh, for us. And this has been since the beginning, all the way through. <coughs> so God made a definite decision that Jesus would be first. And all those that follow him would be sons. So he's born in the same way. So he came born the same spirit as Jesus was. Therefore, we are sons of the same substance as Jesus and are truly sons of God as Jesus is. So as the first child of the same parent, is there a child? So is there a child? So is the second child to the same parent. So you and I are truly God's children. When you speak to God, to the Father, you can speak to him as a real father. That's one of the first things I want to declare, developing that relationship. And so what I've also discovered is many of us are challenged, especially if we didn't have a relationship with our fathers. So here, God is giving an opportunity and he said, you know what? <clears throat> Whether you had a human father over there, and we all did, whether you knew him or had a relationship with him, here's what I want you to do. Establish one with me. But we, we're challenged on that because we don't know what that's like because we couldn't establish one in the earthly realm with an earthly father. And so I'm encouraging you now to 
you have to tear down that barrier, break down those walls to release that that pain, that hurt, that shame, that guilt, that anger of all that you have against a father. And by the way, anybody pay attention to what's going on in the earth today? These attacks against the fathers and the lack thereof, their presence. Um, and it's been for a long I mean, all the way to the wars, military, always going out. And so, and if they didn't come back home, then somebody or family was fatherless. So this isn't new, but even uh, the, the new attacks have gone, you know, in our country, particularly, but even around the world. And by the way, let's go to the beginning of the Bible. We've seen several times that the male child was going after and killed. Why? Because he understood the potential of a father and the relationship of a father to a child. But also, but God said, no matter what the enemy tries to do, I will always be your father. And so that's what I want us to develop tonight. That's what I want us to gain our faith and our confidence in that God is our father, truly is our father. And so I can have a conversation with him. I'm a father. Daddy, I need to talk to you. I need to share with you. So in my prayer, I can be real with him. Amen. So this is so full, so so good. So therefore we brought forth the birth of his first son. He brought forth his birth and the rest of his sons. And so Jesus taught us to pray, our Father, which is in heaven. This is a what we call as the Lord's Prayer, but I told you it's really not the Lord's Prayer. John chapter 17 is where the Lord says, I'm praying. It's, as a matter of fact, it's only the one, very few, there's a few places in the Bible that he declares and talks about when he's praying. He actually talks about praying on Yonder. He goes off to places that he doesn't describe to people, but he goes there and he spends time with the Father alone. John chapter 17 is the only place where it gives us a glimpse. But when he was talking about to pray, this is what he used to teach us how to pray. And so he said, Jesus taught our Father who art in heaven. He said, in that same manner, he said, uh, therefore, pray our Father. And then he said, do not fear, little flock, for your Father has good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So if you then bring evil and know how to give good gifts to your child, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So again, he wants you to come to him, you know, our father in that manner, pleasing him, asking, and he's saying, he wouldn't give you uh, in, in turn for asking you for something good. He doesn't want to give you something bad. He wants you to ask, but also you got to be worthy of that and, and, and be ready to see what it is he's going to give you. So that's why I'm talking about knowing God and understanding his unchanging ways, but understanding his character of God. It's going to bring such a relief to your life um, as we read the word. Because then it starts to speak to you. You'll get to understand it in a greater way. Um, a couple places. And even if you don't have a good self-image, you will see God as love and generous. And I talked about that earlier. It'll change the way you see yourself. It'll change the way you do life. It'll change the way you think of 
you see him as good and merciful. You should see yourself as good and merciful. You have a child, you're a son. You know that I, I hear a lot of people that deal with uh, an image problem or cancer going on. They don't necessarily like the way the world works. God, it's not that we make mistakes, but we just not like who we are. You know, but there's many people that are in that uh, situation to look like somebody else. Today, uh, some of the richest guys are plastic surgeons who will put you on physical body parts to be able to change you left and right, left and right, you know, because they think they, this would make them be a better person or look like a better person or be a better person. I'm thinking, boy, what a fallacy. But uh, nevertheless, I don't want to get off here. Self-image. But if we are constantly, if you're constantly doubting yourself, you will see God. Um, as the judge and the executor. By the way, that's me. God is not the judge and a big act, a big uh, an executor. He's a big bad God. God is the final judge, but his his prayer is yes and amen for us. So if his prayer is yes and amen, his desire for us is good and not evil. In fact, my favorite scripture is in James uh, chapter eleven, verse twenty nine. For I know the thoughts I have towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not evil, to an expected end. In other words, I expect you to reach your destination. Remember I talked about predestination for his purpose and his will? Think about James 29, 11, and go right there. For his purpose and his will, you will definitely be predestined because if you're following his plan and his will, you have to make it, make it to the end in which he has designed for your life. It can't go any other way. And he speaks it over his word, and I can back it up with another one. <clears throat> so, it said, you know, I need us to understand that and get a glimpse of that. I don't want to get any further into and next week. We're going to talk about God and his unchanging ways and, and characters that exist. So I'll get to share uh, God's life how he does, what he does, what he's prepared. And this isn't about a bunch of do's and don'ts, because the word of God is not about that. But God's got some ways of unchanging. Yet our time has changed drastically. Our dress has changed. Our speech has changed. Yet our God and the word is still relevant to today and to every hour, every moment. And so I want to share that with you. I hope tonight gave you some level of foundation of where we're going in the coming weeks and how we're going to get there through his word. We're going to walk through this. And my prayer is that when you, we get done in this series before we enter into the next. Uh, and my hope is that you will show up. Come out. Don't just watch me here. This is one place where you can. But why don't you come out so that then we can spend some time with you asking questions and participating question and answer. Because I'm sure you have some. And I would love to be able to answer them through the scriptures and through the word. So I'm inviting you out to 1101 Delaware Street, Newcastle, Delaware, to visit me at 7 p.m. every Wednesday night. We will be here. So you get off of work, get home, change clothes, turn around, grab a bite to eat, run out the door, but get in here. Get to the way the word of God is. If you are really wanting to make a difference and a change in your life, you will be in this place and I will see your face in it. Amen. So I'm looking forward to you coming again.
1101 Delaware Street, Newcastle, Delaware. Have faith harvest. Okay, the harvest is open and waiting for you. And so we want to prepare you for the harvest to come and the light to come. And so I'm inviting you out to fellowship, to get into his word, and to gain this knowledge for my people. They perish because of the lack of knowledge. I don't want you perishing early because you lack the knowledge of God to do and be who he called you to be. Amen. So I look forward to seeing you. I look forward to hearing from you. And I also pray that the Lord has placed upon your heart. Send a donation in. Bring one in which you would come. But send it here to the house so this ministry can even go further and get on more airwaves than YouTube and Facebook Live. So we can get in different places. So that we can broadcast all over the world what God wants to do. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful night. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Yeah, you got to make sure you got your water. I'm glad it was right there. <laughs> I know, I see. Your, your body got to get used to this time up here. <laughs> I said your body got to get used to this time up here because you was up there. Yawning. <laughs> you was yawning. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you.